This devotional is about Matthew chapter 22, which says, Once again Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to call those he had invited to the banquet, but they refused to come. Again he sent other servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the crossroads and invite to the banquet as many as you can find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered everyone they could find, both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he spotted a man who was not dressed in wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But the man was speechless. Then the king told the servants, tie him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went out and conspired to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are honest and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You seek favor from no one because you pay no attention to external appearance. So tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew their evil intent and said, You hypocrites, why are you testing me? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Whose image is this? he asked, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they answered. So Jesus told them, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. That same day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and questioned him. Teacher, they said, Moses declared that if a man dies without having children, his brother is to marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died without having children. So he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brothers, down to the seventh. And last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, then, whose wife will she be of the seven? For all of them were married to her. Jesus answered, You are mistaken because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. In the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Instead, they will be like the angels in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God has said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. And when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they themselves gathered together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with a question. Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in the law? Jesus declared, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. 
love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were assembled, Jesus questioned them. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? David's, they answered. Jesus said to them, How then does David in the spirit call him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So if David calls him Lord, how can he be David's son? No one was able to answer a word. And from that day, no one dared to question him any further. This is God's word. The parable about the wedding banquet here in verses 1 through 14 is about Israel's rejection of Jesus as Messiah. God the Father invited them to the wedding banquet, and everything was ready according to verses 1 through 4. But Israel was too busy with their own stuff, even getting angry enough to persecute and kill some of God's servants, the prophets, according to verses 5 and 6. God judged Israel for rejecting the Messiah. Verse 7 is a veiled prophecy of judgment, and it was fulfilled with the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. After judging Israel, God turned his attention to inviting us, the Gentiles, through the gospel message to his kingdom in verses 8 through 14. Notice, though, that even though all the bad as well as the good, according to verse 10, were gathered into the wedding banquet, each guest still needed an outfit appropriate for a wedding, according to verses 11 and 12. Jesus did not explain what that meant, other than verse 14's statement that many are invited, but few are chosen. That statement does not explain the image of the wedding clothes and how it relates to the parable. As God's revelation continued to unfold in the New Testament, we can see clearly that the wedding clothes Jesus referred to in verses 11 through 12 refer to the righteousness of Christ that God credits to us by grace. When someone puts faith in Christ, God began to treat that person as if he or she is as righteous as Jesus Christ is, even though that person is not. If you're a Christian, Jesus' perfect life clothes you like a garment. His atonement on the cross was applied to you when you trusted him, washing all your sins away. But the perfect life of Jesus Christ was also gifted to you, covering your imperfections covering your sins, covering your ongoing struggles, and making you acceptable in the sight of God. You and I have a long way to go before we will actually be righteous in the sight of God. God is still working on us to make us righteous people, and we are still unrighteous in many ways. Nevertheless, you and I still belong at the wedding feast because we are covered, clothed by the righteousness of Christ. This is why you don't need to worry about losing your salvation. You didn't earn your salvation in the first place. It was a gift given to you by God himself. You can't lose the garment of Christ's righteousness any more than you can lose the shirt off your back. If you're clothed in it, it's not going to come off. If you're someone who struggles with feelings of assurance in your faith, let this passage encourage you. Trust in the gracious gift of Christ, not your own performance. And I hope the Lord uses this in your life to encourage you and help you to keep following him. We'll see you next time.